Welcome ladies and gentlemen to yet another episode of Escopo Radio Talks. I am your host Mr. Foxtail and today I'm sitting down with a prominent music producer. He goes by the name of Profound. Before we start bro, just introduce yourself. Who are you? What is it that you do? Where are you from? It was good everyone. I go by the name Profound, aka the superstar producer, hailing from Carltonville, the West Rand, a small mining town is west of Joburg. Metafong D2 is what I represent. And <clears throat> for some people, uh, I make beats, but for me, I make stories. I take I take ideas and I turn them into realities. That's what I believe my job is. But to be formal, I'm a producer by profession. I'm also a DJ and I'm a brand. Damn. Yeah. Damn it, DJ. Believe <laughs> that you're building stories, bro. <laughs> That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work, man. But surely there has to be a timeline, right? When did you discover your love for music entirely? To be honest with you, bro, I feel like I've always loved music. I think I just fell in love with producing when I was like 12, 13. What happened was my at home, my mom... Um, she got promoted at work, so part of her new position required her to be able to type documents out. So from that, my dad went and bought her a second-hand like, desktop. And it just so happened, like by chance, bruh, that that second-hand computer had FL Studio on it. What? Like... The person, the person that that either sold it or the the people at the pawn shop, they didn't clear that laptop, that computer, so it still had like some old. I remember it had like the rugby, it had the rug. I think it was the rugby or whatever. Yeah, it was, and it had FL Studio and it had like a few other games. It also had uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, but it wasn't playing properly. But I used to mess with that computer because it was the first computer like Gohai. So I started messing with it and at some point I opened FL Studio and for the first time I could like see what I'm hearing. This is 13, right? Yeah, I was like 12, 13. I'm mad young at the time. This is before I even like take this whole thing serious. This is just me discovering this thing. And then, you know, I'm just like constantly scoping it out. Initially back in the day when you launched FL Studio, the demo version it would load a project that's already like a demo just to show you how to use the software and so i started like i remember i started like changing certain stuff in those templates and whatever and eventually got to a point where i figured out that i didn't know what i I was doing and i didn't know what it was called but over time i then discovered that okay this is called producing the process that i'm doing is i'm composing music right now so i think from from there i started falling in love with what i do but um i've always been a musical lover we grew up in a very musical household not musical as in like my daddy's a singer no <laughs> no no one has any creative talents go high but music was always playing at home my dad has always been an avid cd and a cassette uh collector so we had like a rack go high where like we had so many cds you had to arrange them alphabetically bro and then the one side is like CDs and then here it's all the cassettes and they also alphabetically and then there was like another cupboard and it's all the DVDs. My dad would buy like Michael Jackson's What What Greatest Hits, like, you know. So music has always been a part of me and I'm very, I'm very thankful that I'm able to take all of that influence and create and contribute. 
not by you saying that you remind me of when we had like at a back home Nakohai, we had like uh I don't know if you remember like those bags where Okenya D C D and stuff. Yeah, the the sleeve with the zips. Yeah. And then you open it and it's like pages and you yeah. put the we had like ten of those. Damn. I actually the car I'm driving right now, it still has one of them in, oh. in the car. And it, it has I kid you not, when I go home sometimes I take some of those CDs and I I because I sample a lot, you know, or I go through. I actually don't sample in records. I sample lyrics. So uh, when I when I go to writing camps and songwriting, I usually borrow references from like older songs. Okay. You know, um, yeah, dog. Like I'm still into my laptop. I haven't. I have two laptops, a new one and an old one. I keep the old one because like the laptops of today, they don't allow you to run CDs in, and to me that's important because there's some albums you can't find digitally. Sure. Yeah, I mean, so that is still like, bro. That's what I mean when I say like, oh, we were collecting music, bro. <laughs> My dad could have been a DJ, bro, for anything. <laughs> like my 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 favorite thing about home was that my dad never he never bought music according to what he liked. He just tried everything. So you you could find like my dad put me onto DJ Tlio because he bought uh, Escaleni when it came out, and from there I discovered Tlio and I became a fan. And and we actually have I think Escaleni one to five. Like we actually have the the first. The first five for real. Like we were both DJ Cleo heads. Even though he listens to like gospel and sometimes he but he he was like dog, he collected everything. I remember Danny K and Mendoza had a joint project together as well. I can't remember what it's called, like black 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 and brown or something like that. But it's a trick, I think. But you remember it, right? Yeah, Danny K and Mendoza. Mm-hmm. Like those type of that's like ninety percent of what I was around. But he chose not to be a DJ. Funny <laughs> enough, you became a DJ. <laughs> yeah. So when would you say that, like, because, I mean, based on the timeline, you were, like, 13, you discovered your love for music because at home y'all were collecting cassettes, CDs. I don't even think a lot of people remember what cassettes uh, no, look like. People know nothing about putting <laughs> pencil in and, like, people know that there was side A and side B. Ish, the struggle was real. Niggas don't know nothing about nothing. The struggle was real, man. But how would you say it has, uh, how would you say that that transitional change to how we work now? Because now DJ doesn't need to walk around with um, CDs. You just go with the USB at a club and it's like, Baba, how has that impacted the way you operate? I mean, it hasn't really like done anything because at the time, I guess I started DJing, that was already where technology was heading. A CD playing, via, I've played, like when I started, 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 started DJing, I played uh, with CDs and stuff, but at the time they were already making CDJs that had USBs and Virtual DJ and Serato in them, they started uh, going digital and then controllers started coming out. So it didn't, the, the, I didn't, I'm, I'm not, I'm right in the, I'm a 90s baby but a late 90s baby so I'm in the transitional phase of the new era of everything so I wasn't really impacted by the analog stuff but I'm because I grew up around it I'm still attracted to it you know I still believe that like the only thing like for example with pu- putting music out streaming is great because the music is accessible and whatever but the one thing I miss is the value in buying a CD because back then like 
I like the back then you could go to the storefront on the day of release and you could find the artist there and you could meet the artist, buy the album, take a picture with the artist, and they sign your album, bro. Like, but they sign you walk away with a signed album, you know what I'm saying? And I'm pretty sure it's worth of value. Now, you know, you can imagine the person that has uh, Justin Bieber's first album, the signed one, how much it's valued today. You, you know what I'm saying? That's the only thing that digitization, I guess, has kind of like ruined for us. It's very hard for us to create iconic Mom. iconic moments because we're all using. And the thing about digitization is it streamlines everything. So it's very difficult for you to do things your own way. Whereas back then in the day, if you couldn't afford a distributor that would be able to fund you to print all the CDs and, and get them in the stores, you could, you could do that by yourself and sell straight out the trunk. Whereas now you can't sell music out the trunk. Everyone has to do a particular platform. And so we all have to follow the process of build a fan base on where, like, you know what I mean? And it's kind of, it just kind of makes, you can't, you can't have Nipsey Hustle moments anymore where he was selling an album for, I think it was like a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Like you can't really, (laughs) now it's like, what the hell? You know what I mean? CD, what am I going to do with this? People don't even know how to use a CD in their car right now like, right it's now it's just bluetooth it's just like, bluetooth even oxes even oxes are dying out bro what even the ox game is dying out you know what i mean like everything is just becoming wireless and i guess it's good because it makes things very accessible and very quick to handle but at the same time it's like sometimes like just the basics make make a very big difference so would you say that people that are still buying albums on itunes they're outdated <laughs> you know for me personally it's like you can, you, can, you you can believe in 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 whatever you feel like you know works for you but but for me uh, like streaming is great but either or really but i still appreciate the the, the value behind like physical I still I miss it. You know, the only physical thing we can do as creatives in music now is merch, and you know it's kind of like ah, oh, it's so techy, bro. Because everyone is is kind of like, you know what I mean. And I don't. I've never really liked being in a, a creative space where there's one way to do things. I understand. Now speaking about creating, though. Now sorry for cutting you off there, man. But speaking about creating. What's your creative process like? I mean, I listen to Abangan Bam, nah, and I've just been hooked on that song because it's a summer jam, bro. It's a summer jam. Uh, what's your creative process like, bro? For me, my golden rule is I have to tap into how I feel. So I, I don't really try to follow trends or I don't really just work according to what needs to be done. I kind of just try to stick with my gut and I go with what I feel. Uh, needs to happen at that point in time but usually um, I I have like I know I'm in my creative melody, uh, element when I can hear melodies in my head that's that's literally the start of any creative process it could be like sometimes I'll wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning bro yeah. like just on some this melody sounds crazy in my head dog literally we did a record last night and uh, we, we did a record of a beat I did like 3 days ago and like I woke up to make that beat, but the beat was trash. So I, I took the melody of that beat and I made a new record and now that record is dope. You know what I mean? But everything for me is melody. It's easy, it's easy to like 
throw a hard 808 and you know everyone can create drums but I feel like a lot of people can't create like even if you listen to my single Labang and Bam like the melody is one of one bro the chords Master A flat did the chords shout out you know what I mean but that's really what I go for melody that's my starting point for creativity and it has to have a particular feeling so I like what you said when you said it's a happy song that was the aim like when me and Ricky said we, we, we were trying to figure out how to go about when we were creating the record so he was saying that like we need something as happy that was the, the goal you know what I mean so for me my creativity starts with the feeling and the best way I translate the feeling is in the middle damn now working with Ricky and MT bro I mean must have been a major thing how was it like how has it been in the same space as I consider them as icons because they made or they had like they made a difference yeah. to the music industry one way or another as much as maybe others may have a different perspective on the two artists they made a difference they made it possible for other artists to say you know what if he can do it yeah. i can push my surely i can push myself and they opened doors for up and coming artists do you know what i'm saying i mean look at ricky he did cotton face mt is just he started his own record label you know that's motivational but how has it been in the same creative space with them? I'm trying to create one, 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 one thing, right? Mm. I mean, like, I want to say it was great, but it, 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 like, to be completely honest, it was kind of, like, stressful because there's pressure when you're the new kid and you're around people who kind of have it done and figured out, right? But at the same time, it was a, it was a great experience because, like, I never really had like major placements and I never really chased major placements so it's crazy to me that my first major placement is a record that I own you know what I mean like that is the craziest and that's what I mean when I say I don't like doing things like everyone else I want my story to be my story so just from me knowing that yo I'm about to work with two culture shift artists in the music industry in SA hip hop and this is my record and this is my first record, like just that alone made the experience far, it outweighed all the pressure that it came with. And it was very dynamic because it was two separate sessions, right? I started the session with Ricky and that at first, like day one was kind of weird because I had just, um, I had just like, I had just figured out what my plan was in my head and when I had pitched what the plan was in the head, in, in, in my head, Ricky didn't really catch me. So like in the session with Ricky, I kind of had to opt for plan B because I made Abangani Bam with Ricky in the room. Like I started the song. I didn't come with it. Like I had beats. That's what I'm saying. I had what I wanted to go for, but then he felt like that's not really where he's at. So I had to start the, and that's bigger pressure than coming with a pack of beats, bro. If someone says, like imagine being in the studio with someone that you were watching when you were in high school rock, and then they're like, okay, here's a piece of paper, here's a pencil. I want you to. Yeah. That is crazy. That was the Ricky session. But, like, I've been... That's crazy. Since, since I'm a kid, so that doesn't intimidate me. I, I've always been able to, to, to come through. And then with MT, it was, it was a quicker process, obviously, because we didn't have to start anything. But the wild thing about it is, like, he knocked his verse out so quickly. Like, I actually booked more time than the time we used in the studio that we recorded in. And the one thing I can say is both of them are very... Making music for them right now 
I understand why they tap into other things because at this point, like, the one thing I, I saw from sessioning with both of them is, like, making music is so easy for them. It's easy for me, too, I guess, because I have experience and whatever, but I'm not a, I'm not a, a song, I'm not a songwriter. I'm not a performing artist. I can songwrite, but I'm not a performing artist, right? So... I, I enjoy watching the writers go through their creative process and their creative process is so quick bro like it is so quick and like the first idea always works and I feel like I work with I've worked with many artists in my career bro there's not a lot of artists who are able to knock anything out you know what I mean there's like some artists that you kind of have to nurse them into your sound because this is my sound like I didn't bootleg nobody bro that's Abangan Mum to me doesn't sound like anything you can't tell me that I I mean we don't want to see a daily sun now profile stole my song now it's this mostly in court but I baba pen nigga these labels they'll take 90% of the record bro it's bad that is crazy but surely after that opportunity started availing themselves what are those opportunities bro that i mean for me like the the, the biggest thing is it, it allowed me to expand my brand the way i wanted to i don't really like count all the all the other accolades because i feel like all the other accolades or all the other you know doors that open or other the other people that kind of exposed me to those relationships working and becoming something required me to be able to do what I do you know what I mean so like regardless of whether I won Remy Produces or I lost or I met Ricky or I never met Ricky whoever I've bumped into and whoever I've collaborated with I've been able to do it because I can like I, I am able to function in this world and I'm able to do what I need to do so I don't really look at the musical side and say he plugged me with this guy but it allowed me to brand myself the way I've always wanted to brand myself because I was I've, I've always been a traditional producer so I never really was in the limelight bro I was always the guy behind the artist just and I was even like ghost producing at some point like I was giving records to other producers and they say they produced it but they bought it from me when I was when I was starting starting out you know what I mean so I've always wanted to be able to create what I create and to exist with my own circle of people my own fan base get my own numbers sell my own you know what I mean without having to become a rapper or like you know without having to without not having to sacrifice what I'm essentially doing which is producing you know so the one thing I can say the collaboration did is it allowed me to do that it gave me the the the, the brand I was looking for to be able to do what I need to do without having to leave what I'm doing and do something else because there's a higher chance it will work out you know what I mean True. yeah uh, nine to fives are not always that they're not always that efficient for a lot of people like the artists that have nine to fives right. and they're still pushing at night but it's it's a tricky one man it's a tricky one but I believe that with throughout every opportunity as you said it allowed you to pave the vision right. to and, and carve it to what you wanted to be what difficulties came with, came with that though? The big, the biggest difficulty is because what I'm trying to do, like, and I'll tell. This is just not even about the plans. This is the full blueprint of what I'm trying to establish for the industry. Like, it's very difficult. I'm, I'm facing so much. Like, people see all the moves I announce. Like, I'm always like, yo, I'm the what, what for? You know, I'm always like, I'm always, and people just see that, but they don't see how many no's I go through, bro. Like, I've been. It's March right now. Mm -hmm. I've been going through three months of no. 
mm. because I'm I'm trying to do it like no other producer's done it. They ex- like the industry kind of they acknowledge producers, but they don't really put producers in the same boats as artists. And now here I am saying, put me in the boat, put me in the boat where Casper is, put me in that boat. But I'm gonna make beats being in the same boat as Ke- like you know what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what the full vision is. And so every day is a difficulty, bro. I can't execute the ideas I want to execute because the, ex- the ideas I want to execute are all in the context of producers. So when you go and look for the money to execute this idea, it's foreign to them. This, this is the first time someone is saying like, no, instead of you guys getting the artist to do it, get the producer to do it, but he'll do it with the artist, blah, 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 blah. So right now I'm trying to kick a door down, but I know that even if I don't kick it down fully, if I do kick it down fully, great. If I don't kick it down, I know someone will because mm-hmm. I've realized I've been blessed to be a producer behind the artist, behind the scenes, and I've seen the economic dynamics. I've seen the business behind it, and I don't like the business behind it. And so I'm trying to establish where where I think the industry is in the rest of the world where the producers weigh as much as the artists, where Metro Boomin can do a tour and he can sell merch and he can drop an album and he can do a joint album with 21 Savage and they can do a joint tour. They can, like, you know what I mean? That's the that's what I'm trying to establish here. I don't see a lot of that here. I see a couple of producers who are producing for a major artist and he'll drop a song with the guy he's producing for, but where's the album? Where's the music video? It's not even that. Where's the producer? I mean, um, we take time to look at Ali Keys, who's produced most of Casper's work, right? But he's always behind the scenes, bro. Like, it's not that thing where... It's, 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 it's like he's limited with what he can do. Right. You know what but, I'm but, but you know, like at the same time, I've learned because I've been, I've, I have conversations with a lot of producers, and I do realize and I do acknowledge that not every producer wants to be the front, bro. Some producers really want to be at the people. Ali might be comfortable where he is. He might not want, like, you know, sometimes when you're around an artist, you get to see how difficult it is to be one. And so, like, this thing is not for everyone, you know. So what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to break the door down for the producers that want to function the way I'm trying to function. I know there's these producers who they're sick and tired of sending beats out sending 20, 30 beats out in a week and not getting a record back. And then if they get the record back, they get ripped off. Like, you know what I mean? I see it every day. Or a producer that has a hit record, but at the festival where the hit record is going to close the show, he can't get in because he doesn't have any brand value or he doesn't even have the connections. You know what I mean? So I'm fighting for those guys. I'm trying to break those doors down. I want it to be possible for the kid that's in his bedroom to go to the nigga in his hood and say, yo, let's do, let's do a collab tape. Let's do a collab tape. And he also sees the fruits from it. And he can also choose to be an individual that exists within his own right. He can go and do whatever he wants. If he wants to go do TV, he can go do TV. If he wants to go and do whatever without having to... Because what's happening with a lot of producers is they becoming rappers or they're quitting, bro. Because it's rough for us, dog. We at the bottom, and the worst part about us is when we at the bottom, when we, at the, when we get the bad end of the stick... Mm-hmm. We can't even voice out our opinions because we don't have the, vo- the voice in most cases. So there's a lot of people who, who have fallen off and they've been crying, but no one even listens to them because no one, you know what I mean? Those are the people I'm fighting for. What I'm trying to build is going to allow people, to, producers, to exist by themselves without depending on a hit record, without depending on the biggest placement with... You know what I mean? I don't want the nigga to have to 
buy to only be able to change his life because he got a song with AKA. All love to AKA, but I don't want that to be the the only way out. I want the nigga to be able to be in his own bubble, in his own space, do his own thing with the artist he wants to work with, so with the sound he wants to do, and he exists, bro. So you want to be the United Masters of producers and they say? Yeah, I'd say United <laughs> Masters, but it's not even that deep because if we if we look at America, it's like there's so many producers who are independent, bro. They don't need murder murder beats, uh, Metro Boomin. Uh, Pierre, okay, Pierre's a, Pierre's a rapper, so that's kind of like Southside, okay, but he raps too. You see, that's like I don't want it to just be. I don't want it to just be rap. I don't want rap to be the only resort for the average South African producer. There's gotta be more to it. There's gotta be more to it. Hey man, but speaking about vision, where do you see yourself in the next five years, bro? Biggest producer in the country. Probably one of the biggest in Africa and probably one that's starting to establish connections in the world. That's the, those are the three things from the five-year plan. That is my next question. But, man, what career path now would you have If it were not um, for Korean music, where would you be today? Yo, actually, I think I would be in, in some lab like doing research for instance, or I'd probably be like in science or something. Because I was actually a science student, bro. I was studying a BSc in genetics and physiology. What happened? What happened? <laughs> I got a fat chick and I decided, listen. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> wow. And I wow. did. Yeah. That doesn't mean don't give up. No, no, listen, let me tell you something, man. School is important. Like I advocate for academics you know as much as like i dropped out i'm always learning yeah but academics i feel like academics comes into different depends on how you want to see it these people are book smart and these people are smart in the real world life smart here's here's why i advocate for academics in the in the in the world of media and entertainment you need to be book smart bro because if you're not book smart you're gonna get finessed the people that are getting finessed don't even know yeah. what the standard is because they never opened a textbook they never oh, tried to open a textbook like, ah, yeah you know <laughs> he doesn't even know what the standard rates are so when he gets a record deal he doesn't know what he's negotiating for he doesn't even know why he's getting signed because he never learned what the process he doesn't even know what the point of a record label is why it's established there what it's there for people are just trying to blow up not knowing how because they're not learning how they're not trying to I've never it's so frustrating to see potential that's walking in the dark like people like like Casper's a high, a high school dropout bro but that man is smart bro you know what I mean you don't become a multimillionaire by luck you gotta you gotta you gotta know what's going on you know that nigga dis- discovered the gap in the market shows he saw that like independent not independent solo acts in South Africa are not doing their own f- shows that are at the level of festivals that was the gap he saw he saw the opportunity he ran with it and now he's the guy he's the show guy bro he's the festival he's like bro you know what I mean it takes learning you're not just gonna wake up and say there's a gap in the market <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> you gotta the name of the thing like I ah you just just muted there but yeah man um, but that's crazy I mean identifying a gap I feel like it must be the hardest thing ever but 
it surely shall be done, man. It surely shall be done. I don't, th- I don't think it's hard. I think it's just scary because it's a path no one's walked in. Mm. You need balls, bro. I won't even lie. You need balls to pay, to pave a way. You're, you're, you're first to fail. You're the first to fail. You know what I mean? You could be the guy that fails and then the guy after you succeeds. And that's great for the culture. But for you, you lost, bro. You know what I mean? That's the risk you take when you try to do something different. You got to be willing to take that risk. With the brand profile, what can we expect in the next coming months from Uh, I don't want to disclose a lot. But I will say there's a lot of exciting stuff happening. I want to I wanna send a, a quick shout out to Ray Bands. They know what they did for me. It's all love. But yeah, a lot of a lot of things are, are, are moving the way I wanted it to move. There is something that I'm trying to put together with another very respected producer in the country. Like probably the most successful SA hip hop producer in the country. I'll let you guys guess who it is. But me and this guy were trying to do something for SA hip hop. And that will probably be the That'll be the start of a whole new way to approach this producing thing, bro. Once, once I crack this thing, mm. South Africa is gonna catch up. Damn. Now, to those that don't know, they don't know your how can I be your category or yeah. your catalog. Sorry, catalog. Ish, <laughs> Your catalog, man. Where can we find your catalog? And yeah, and where can we find you? Uh, it's pretty simple. At uh, Twitter, at prxfnd. Instagram at PRXFND, Facebook at PRXFND, or just Google Profanda Bangan Bam. You'll find all the all the links. I usually post uh, as I'm producing the records that are coming out. There was a link in my bio that had like um, it redirected to this page that shows you all the songs I've produced, but I kind of took it off because I need to put the link of the single. But usually, like I put it back for people that want to see the history of where I come from. But for now, Streamer Bangan Bam is out now. Definitely aiming to shoot the video this year. And luckily, COVID is allowing, you know, us to get back together and huddle up. But it, I mean, I won't lie. It's very difficult right now to be new and to be independent because money is obviously slowed down and and it's been hard to already like break the doors down where money is. So there's a lot of catching up to do, but at the same time, we're we're operating, Chief. Thank you so much for joining us on the Scoberry Talks. That was profound, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys are listening. Till next time. Peace. Thank you. All right. Thank you.